I suppose many of us are familiar with the idea of Isaac Newton when he proposed his theory of gravity. He was apparently sitting down and he saw an apple fall and from that he started wondering, wondering about gravity and proposed his theory of universal gravitation. And the theory encompasses a number of things. It encompasses gravitation and talks about gravitation as decreasing with the square of the distance between the two masses. And also talks about speed and two objects um, moving towards each other. The speed, the combined speed of the object is the um, is the combined speed of the object. So, if, I mean, this is this is quite obvious. If you have a train going 100 kilometers an hour in one direction, and we have a train going 100 kilometers an hour in the opposite direction, the relative speed of the two trains is 200 kilometers an hour, and that's why when you're sitting on a train and you go past another moving train, it always seems to be going very fast because it is. It's going twice your speed probably and this is all fairly obvious one would have thought and in uh, 1905 Einstein, Albert Einstein produced his special theory of relativity and about 10 years later produced a general theory and these theories uh, talk about speed and gravity and so on and they made some changes, some adjustments to Newton's theory. You see, when the speeds become very high, um, and we're talking about hundreds of thousands of kilometers a second, and there's one object's moving in one direction and the other object's moving in the opposite direction, the combined speed isn't the sum of the two objects. It's less because the maximum relative speed of any object is the speed of light about 600,000 kilometers a second so any addition of speeds becomes less than that and there's a formula Lorentz transforms that determines that um, and this produces uh, a lot of side effects to do with what they call time dilation and mass dilation and so on which I'm not going to go into here but the thing about this is that it didn't overthrow Newton's theory Newton's theory is not wrong if you were to say to a police officer who pulled you up for speeding that relatively your speed was less because we have to take into account Lorentz transforms you wouldn't get much headway because the uh, Lorentz transforms are so those low speeds are almost identical to, well, they are pretty well identical to Newton's theories. So only at high relative speeds that you get an issue. So Einstein's theory didn't overthrow Newton's theory. It simply said, well, these are special cases. Now, in parallel to Einstein and moving on from there, we have quantum theory. Now, quantum theory is bizarre. It deals with individual particles, and we're talking about individual electrons and photons and even smaller particles and this and their behavior. 
and the behaviour of particles is completely counterintuitive. Um, one of the aspects of this um, to do with photons is what's called wave-particle duality and I've talked about this before. Uh, you either see the particle in terms of a wave if you take into account time or you see it as uh, an, uh, a photon, a, a you know, a solid, solid thing in as far as it can be. If you disregard the notion of time and you can be anywhere in between and this causes some very, very strange results. There's another very, very strange result, which is called spooky action at a distance, or rather this was Einstein's term for it. It's a very complex notion, but if you um, take a photon and you, you split it, or take the wave and you split it, which you can do, you finish up with paired photons. And these photons have a spin, an arbitrary spin. And if you spin one of the photons, you send them off in different directions. You spin one of the photons one way. The photon that was paired with it, which is actually going in the opposite direction, will always spin in the opposite way. Now, because they're photons, they're traveling at the speed of light. And they're moving in opposite directions. So Einstein's theory said there can't possibly be any interaction between the two of them because the distance, is, the speed that they would have to communicate is more than the speed of light. And this has always been just attributed to one of these wacky ideas of quantum theory. There's others, you know, where particles can just pass through matter. They can just, you can have a particle that comes to a wall and one moment it's one side of the wall and the next moment it's the next side of the wall. It didn't even travel through the wall. It just mysteriously disappeared and reappeared. There's some very strange stuff at quantum level of quantum mechanics. But the argument of conventional physicists has always been that this is confined to small particles. It has no relevance to large objects which contain countless particles. In other words, quantum mechanics is a specific case of, uh, of, of, of a specific case that applies only to small particles in exactly the same way as we can say Einstein's theory only applies to high speeds and is a, a Newton's example is a specific case of Einstein's theory. In other words, all our physical laws are specific cases of a more generalized uh, problem which exists at the quantum level to due to statistical due to statistics and the way it all hangs together now when we listen to skeptics one of their refrains and it's a nonsense one is if we were to accept the idea of for instance psychic phenomena people reading each other's minds or the action of mind as affecting objects um, can it, can it, what's it called they move you move objects with your mind and um, other such things like ghosts and so on or even life after death this they say 
goes against science and we would have to then reject science. No, you don't. You don't have to reject science at all. Science is a specific case of these more generalised rules that apply to our three and a half dimensional universe. As soon as you go beyond seeing the world just in terms of the three spatial direct dimensions and half the time dimension, because we're only aware we're going uh, back, we can only look back in time, we can't look forward in time, then we see that other rules can apply, other, other laws can come in. And it's worth pointing out that even with time, Time isn't one dimension, it's at least two and probably three dimensions. Um, that, you know, we know that time can be compressed and expanded. People who have a, involved in an accident say time slows down. And this is always dis dismissed as some aberration of the brain. No, it's not. Time is has two com components. And I have talked about this in a previous talk, how you can use that to your own advantage. And uh, an interesting point is that if you listen to people who have experienced uh, aliens, and this is of course a, for another talk, um, but they've encountered um, alien technology, they say that time slows down or it practically stops. Um, there's what's called lost time, and there's an account, very good account of a um, United States air. Um, captain who was uh, in a place called Rendlesham in England who encountered an alien spacecraft and said that when he got into the vicinity he said time was different, his watch stopped and the time, you could see there was a difference between the time inside and the time outside. So even our theories about time and, and space, all our physical theories are specific cases of a more general aspect of what's going on. We only experience and can only talk in science about these three and a half dimensions. There's something going on which is way beyond that. And quantum theory is, as it were, a gateway to understanding these other aspects of reality. Now, an important aspect of quantum theory is that it shows the relationship between mind and the physical universe. Now this is a very complicated topic and deserves probably a couple of podcasts in its own right. But the idea of wave and particle duality, which I have talked about, is that when you observe the position of a particle, you effectively seal it, you, you put it, it, it is in that position, but until then you don't know. And this was the, the, our, the idea of Schrodinger's cat, because Professor Schrodinger uh, devised a contraption, I won't go into the details, where the where cat being alive or dead depends on the position of a particle. And he said, well, the cat knows whether it's alive or dead. Uh, and the whole thing didn't make much sense to him. Uh, as I say, it deserves a whole um, podcast in its own right. But the point about this 
is that quantum mechanics is looking at the relationship between the mind and the physical universe. Now, something that's worth thinking about is that does a cat, for instance, distinguish between its interior world and its exterior world? And I would surmise that it doesn't. All it knows is that certain things happen and uh, it doesn't really know how much of those things are dependent on its mental state and how much determined by what goes on. It sees patterns and they learn patterns. But there isn't a fixed relationship that we have in our human world and which we're taught from an early age that there are things out there and there are things in the mind and the two don't have anything to do with each other. Now this is incorrect and the whole basis of prayer and religion and so on uh, revolves around this idea. And in fact, I think it was Professor Barclay in uh, was about the 17th century, I think, who proposed as a philosophical idea that we were living in a dream and the dream was a dream of God. And, of course, we dream ourselves. Now, one thing that's worth thinking about is that in our dreams, everything you create in your dream, you create it. You dream of a place, you dream of people, you dream of situa situations. You created all that in your mind. And there is something that you can work towards if you want called lucid dreaming, which is an interesting state where you become conscious in your own dream and you're able to manipulate the dream and change it through conscious application. Now, there's a, an attitude of life where you can go through life as if it's a dream. So you're walking down the road and you happen to overhear a random conversation. Well, it's not a random conversation. It was created, as it were, for you, for your situation. And what we have to understand is how our inner states affects the outer states. And what the outer situation is trying to show us for our inner learning, our inner understanding, because this is the reason really why we're on earth to gain in knowledge to understand and this understanding is not an intellectual understanding I mean it's, it's rational there's a degree of rationality to it but it's more on this other level this other parameter that I've talked about before where we understand through metaphor, similarly, simile and analogy. Things are like this. You know, sometimes people say, oh, I'm walking down the street and I suddenly bump into an old friend. And why did I bump into that old friend? I wasn't even thinking about them. Sometimes you are, and it's quite obvious. But, you know, maybe you're involved in a business project, for instance. And you're thinking about your business project and then you bump into this old friend and your old friend had uh, a similar business idea that when so or something happened, 
it's not necessarily a literal it's not a literal relationship so we have to understand and we, we can't always understand because it's very complex but sometimes we can get insights into why things are happening around us you see the atheists have divided the world up into good and bad and they say well why does bad things happen and so on well it's not good and bad it is just life this is life happening this is events happening and these events are designed to bring about certain outcomes and certain situations you see there's something built into human beings called positive feedback now this is an engineering term if you ever go to a live concert and the roadie comes up and he, he taps the microphone and then you get a high-pitched squeal coming from the speakers. This is because the sound of the tap comes out through the speakers, gets amplified, goes back into the microphone, gets amplified again, it goes round and round and round so you get this high-pitched squeal and you either cover up the microphone or move the microphone away from the speakers. So we have this in us, this human beings have this positive feedback for instance somebody starts drinking because it makes their problems go away so they think but the more they drink the worse the problems get so the more they have to drink so the more the problems get until they finish up hitting rock bottom so when we look at people who have hit rock bottom on drugs or um, their lives seem to have got out of control this is a lesson that's being shown in a very harsh way now in the existence of the universe we're just not even a drop we're in the ocean and the time people think this is the end of their world they think you know their life is is all that there is but the life is just a blink of an eyelid and it comes and it goes and when you get beyond this world you look back and your whole life was just a burning of a of a match so the experiences although you know atheists like to say this is all there is isn't it terrible the pe the bad things happen no these are just experiences they were a flash and the important thing is the lesson we take away with us sometimes when people do hit rock bottom they turn to god and this is one of the things about the Alcoholics Anonymous movement and it's all it's uh, you know NA and so on they have God or the Supreme Being as they put it as part of their um, part of their therapy because we can step back and realise that there are forces going on that are beyond our control and these are intelligent forces that are trying to help us what we need to do is to have trust in them and get rid of the notion that we are completely in control with our egos. This is the curse of the 21st century. The people have lost faith and they turn into their own ridiculous intellectual way of thinking and think that they can control the world simply through their own thought processes, their intellectual rationality, it is nonsense.
Thank you for listening. You can leave comments on my Podbeam page. You can email me, phil at braham.net. You can visit my website, podcasts.braham.net. And I hope to hear back from you. Thank you. Thank you.